Broadcasting from mondays.pop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, Mark Miller, and Karen Greenwald announcing show number 14. Put down the crack pipe, man! I mean, come on, man! (laughs) Mondays is produced by Pop Productions. Providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pop.com. And now, the man who, Mondays at Disney World, what were you thinking? Carl Franklin. I don't know, Jeff. It seems like lately you've been losing your enthusiasm. Yeah, you're a little flat, man. What's up with that? That's the worst Mark Miller impression I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Uh, it was good enough for us. There was an impression of me in there? Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, happy April Fool's Day, guys. That's when we're recording this. Have you seen any good jokes out there on the web? The Google guys rock. Google? What happened to Google? You didn't go to Google? Shrinkster.com slash 4J7. But actually, if you go to the Google homepage today anyway, it's linked right off of there. All right, 4J7, I'm going there. Yeah, just so hopefully it'll still be around when everybody else wants to see it. Well, maybe what we'll do is we'll uh, take a picture of it, a screen capture. Yeah, and, uh, make sure it doesn't disappear on us. Save it, yeah. Google Gulp, quench your thirst for knowledge. So Google's making a drink that has a DNA scanner built in and <laughs> auto drink technology. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's classic, but you know the best part of this whole that whole bit is their fact at the end. Oh yeah, that's the funniest thing. They got eleven questions. My favorite one here. When you get further down the list, it says, uh, "It says, uh, how do I get my hands on a Google Gulp?" And their answer is, "This limited release, release beta product is available to anyone who turns in a used Google Gulp bottle cap at any local retailer. <laughs> if you don't have any Gulp caps? Ask a friend to give you one." Uh, that sounds a little familiar. <laughs> yes. And then question eight is, "What if none of my friends has a Gulp cap they can give me? Can you just give me a cap? Give me a Google Gulp to anyone who wants one?" Their answer is, well, we are thinking about it, but uh, you have to understand that there are many considerations that go with how you're deciding how to distribute. <laughs> and then question nine, I mean, isn't this whole invite-only thing really bogus? And their answer is, dude, it's like you've never even heard of viral marketing. That's funny. Well, uh, anybody else seen any, you know, any April Fool's events? My kid had a fish taped to his back at school. <laughs> oh, really? What? Yeah. <laughs> You know, we decided fish? not to tell him about April Fools because you know he's five years old. We, you know, we're trying to t- teach him to deal in the truth, et cetera, et cetera. And he gets to school, and kids like tape a fish to his back and just start laughing. So, a real fish? You know, I think it might have been a picture. I How didn't really get the details on it. Well, <laughs> Scotch tape wouldn't really work. <laughs> yeah, duct the tape? only thing I was thinking is, you know, years of therapy, years of therapy, fish you done do all this. Well, it's good to be back with you guys after last week's debacle. We, uh, we, I don't know what we were thinking. We, you know, we didn't really promote or advertise the fact other than on <laughs> the we show. Because we weren't allowed to. Because we really weren't allowed to, and we didn't get signs up or anything. And so the four people that were there did like, you know, the, the sort of the review of what we had done. We, we sort of did a best of. But I, um, I had to turn them away because initially, remember, they did not have the Google, Google gulp cap. <laughs> That's right. So I did I send them going. Send them well, guys, packing. I got a new toy. 
I got a new toy, and, and it's not really new. It's been on the market since, like, 2003. Hasn't it, Richard? I mean, you're the toy yeah, boy. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Yeah. I, I admit to have been involved in acquiring this toy, but yes. you did go and buy it. Well, you you sort of, you know, uh, I was in the speaker's lounge at, at Dev Connections, and Kim Tripp had a phone like this. It's a PDA phone, and I was just sort of like, oh, that's nice, you know, the slide-out uh, slide out keyboard and everything, and it's got a camera, and it's got a speakerphone, and, and it's a pocket PC, so of course I can write programs for it and stuff. And um, I thought it was cool, but her, her version, I guess she had one that doesn't work with Verizon, but Samsung has a version of it. So this is the SPH i700 that Richard actually uh, pointed me to as the, the Verizon version of that PDA phone, and I really yeah, like it. Yeah, the important it. part being that most smartphones are GSM, like my MPX220 right. and, and Kim's uh, Siemens phone and so forth, and this is a CDMA smartphone. Yes, and it's not really a smartphone, right? It's running Pocket PC Mobile Edition. So it's I guess you wouldn't call it a smartphone. It's more like a... It's a PDA phone, It's a right? PDA phone, yeah. Yeah. So Well, and it, I mean, it's true of most of these. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. The the one thing I don't like about it, though, actually, the, it it doesn't. It's not my perfect device, and I have talked about my perfect device. Ooh. I will again. Yeah, Karen. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Uh, my perfect uh, PDA phone device, I should say. Um, but one thing I don't like <clears> about <throat> it is that it doesn't really have uh, an off, uh, you know, a, a, like a hold switch that wor- is worth a damn. Like on the iRiver, on my little iRiver. Uh, IFP 795, I have this real switch that's very hard to, you know, not hard, but it takes a little effort to turn it on and off. It's a sliding switch. But this has uh, a setting where you, where you have to turn the power button on in order to wake it up, which is fine, except the power button is real easy to turn on. So you put this thing in your pocket, even with that lock mechanism, quote unquote, in place, and it's turning on all over the place, and you're dialing nine one one just by you know your change hitting the thing, and so yeah. this is why I don't like candy bar phones. I really like the folding phone because it protects itself as well as being compact. I totally agree, and uh, that's one of the downsides here. But I do like the fact that I can use it as as Ken Getz told me on .NET Rocks, I can use it as a, a modem, and that gets me something like at the worst two hundred k. And at the best, something like seven or eight. So uh, with Verizon's data package, and I for like forty-five bucks a month, I got an unlimited data package. So that's pretty sweet, and uh, I like it. You know, overall, no complaints. And and you finally you have a real set of features in your phone, right? Right. I mean, it's the integration with Outlook can't be touched because it's basically running a version of Outlook in the phone. Yeah, I also found uh, this is an $899 phone. I found it at ztradingpost.com for 365 bucks. Uh, and very it, nice. It's a B-stock, so there are slight blemishes and stuff, and it doesn't have the original CD. So I guess you would call it used, although uh, it's not really used. It just had some sort of... And I can't even find any defect on it at all. See, I need an online dating service that offers the same kind of descriptions about me, you know? <laughs> Because I'm kind of a deal, you know? (laughs) I have a few blemishes. (laughs) They don't show up in normal pictures, right? But I do. And, you know, and I am married. And my wife says, you know, I can't, you know, you know, I have to stay faithful to her as long as we're married. So I can't really date yet. (laughs) But you're you're still interested. But, you know, 
You're out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm really, you know, to be honest, I'm really pissed off at these online dating services. I mean, all their ads, they have pictures of beautiful people, but they all are really hairy men when they show up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Oh, just, I did some research for, you know, a little research project I had going on while the wife was, you know, visiting her family, you know, a while back. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Let's, go, let's edit that out. That was... <laughs> that was not funny. That was at, at, at which point does your wife simply kill you? No, she's <laughs> like, you know, what did she? Say? I was, I was telling her a story. Oh, this is actually kind of a semi-funny story. I was in the speaker room at uh, the conference, and uh, uh, I don't know if I should mention names, but one of the female speakers was in there, and she was somebody was going to take a picture of her. And she said, "No pictures, no pictures." <laughs> I just had a picture last week, and I saw my ass, and it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were just talking about it. You know, I'm going to, can I say your first name? Should I make up a, a first name? No, 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 no. Debbie. What? what what's the protocol make here? Make up on a the... name. If yeah. you're going to use a name. Make up a name. Nobody Karen wants says. to be. Okay. I'm going to make up a name. I'm going to say her name was, I just make it up <laughs> off the top of my head, uh, Michelle LaRue Bustamante. Is that, <laughs> is that the name you're taking yet? <laughs> That sounds, that sounds good. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't Michelle. But anyway, we'll just say it was uh, Jeannie. Okay, we'll say that's her name. So anyway, <laughs> Jeannie says, my ass was huge. And I said, you know, yeah, you know, uh, Brian and I were just talking about that before you came in. We we're like, man, her ass is giant. It's big. It's giant. It's so huge. Did you see her ass? It's getting huge. <laughs> she starts running around the speaker room table at me with her arms out. And I think she's going to be swinging at me like she's going to totally hit me. So I'm, you know, you know, instinct. You know, I'm used to this. I jump out of my chair. I'm ready to move to my nearest exit. She says, no, no, no. I want to give you a hug. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes. She goes, well, obviously, if my butt, you thought my butt was really big, you wouldn't say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, very twicky. Uh, so I'm like, oh, phew, that was close. So immediately, you know, I'm compelled to say this. I can't stop. I said, well, actually, before you came in, Brian and I were talking about just how fine your ass was. Right, Brian? And Brian's a guy who just doesn't like to agree with anything that I say. He's just trying to keep his mouth shut the whole time, right? Because he could tell that's trouble's a, brewing, the plan. hole's opening, and he's about to fall in. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, right, Brian, weren't you saying that? Weren't you saying, man, man, Jeannie's ass is so fine, so <laughs> fine. Just before you walked in, we were saying that about your ass. Yeah. So anyway. That's when she hit you with a bread pin. Well, you know, she actually didn't. That time. She was just confused. She had the confused look like she wasn't sure which one to believe now. And then, she's not used you know, to you. I told That's my all. wife this story. And she's like starts getting into me about you know you know your wife you know she said something I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention. Was, she said something of the words were along the lines of you you know you know the essence of what she was trying to say is what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And apparently talking telling your wife about a story about how you're talking about somebody else's ass is so fine is kind of a breach of protocol. That's in the not okay section. Yeah, apparently that's what she. Was, I would even guess that you would know that mark but i guess well, that'd be wrong she's, i don't know she was she's I, I think that's the essence of it but to be honest all i heard was <laughs> so and you knew you screwed up again <laughs> she my mother you know, I, that actually didn't it didn't occur to me until you just now said that richard that's all you really know <laughs> mark does she smoke cigars by any chance that no, voice? she doesn't <laughs> well anyway mark uh, have there been any people dumber than you in the news this week uh, yeah, there've been a few, man. All right, well let's uh, let's talk about them. These are people that Mark Miller is going to point out as being dumber than him, and possibly dumber than you too. 
making you feel better about yourself. Dumber than me? Dumber than you. Absolutely dumber than you. All right. Thank you, Carl. Story number one, Blind Man Bites Dog. David Todd, a Scottish blind man, decided to cross the street earlier today with his guide dog, Lucky. But while crossing the street, Mr. Todd must have had an epiphany, realizing in that moment that he was blind, forsaken, and left to struggle on his own in a world largely indifferent to his particular hardship. (laughs) So David Todd decided to sink his teeth into his animal's head on the busy street in Edinburgh. An eyewitness told the police that the 34-year-old dragged the... the, Oh, shit. You know what, guys? I'm sorry. Damn it. I have I, I didn't finish editing this and I thought that I had crap 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 crap. Oh, oh, oh. oh that sucks. You know what? I'm gonna this absolutely sucks. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna have to skip that because I cannot recover from this in the time we have. So All I'm right. gonna go on to the next one. I'm All sorry right. for that. I can't believe you're leaving that story alone. That's hysterical. I, it is. It totally is. Well I thought it was all folded up and I thought it was done. I'm looking at it now and it's in pieces, the text is in pieces, so <laughs> So when you said that's what was actually written on the page. Yeah, it just totally fucking sucks, man. I'm just this is this is the problem. This is one of the side effects of pushing yourself to the point of uh, sleep deprivation. It's like uh, it's not fun. The occasional so, bits of psychosis. Yeah, when it? you realize that you you know what you, you you thought you know you thought time had passed normally. It turned out you were like abducted and probed by aliens, and that also explains this itching in my lower regions. But at any rate, <laughs> let's let's move on to story number two. I'd say we. Leave Leave that in. <laughs> All right, one, two. <laughs> Story number two. Tis the season for stupidity. Paul Hardy, a home burglar by profession, finding himself without a date and a little low on cash, decided to break into a couple's home on New Year's Eve to steal stuff. Well, because that's what home burglars do. <laughs> the homeowners were downstairs watching television when Mr. Hardy confronted them with one of their own handguns and forced them to give him money and a bag for the other handguns that he had stolen. <laughs> that's when a simple robbery turned into the holiday musical from hell. Because, <laughs> because instead of making a quick getaway, Mr. Hardy ordered the male homeowner to play the piano while the robber sang Christmas tunes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't he be He told serious. them he wanted to hear Christmas music, Sergeant Sherman said. While the man played, Hardy sang Silent Night, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and O Little Town of Bethlehem. Oh, my God. The carols appeared to have put the burglar in a giving mood because Hardy offered to order pizza for his hostages. (laughs) (laughs) I have all your money. Why don't I buy you some food? (laughs) They declined. Still in no rush to escape with the cash he had, Hardy next had the brilliant idea to unload his handgun and, in the process, shot himself in the leg. Oh, man. (laughs) The couple dialed 911. When officers arrived, they found Hardy lying on the couch with the stolen money, guns, and a hatchet. Hardy was treated at a local hospital and then taken to jail where police charged him with burglary, wanton wanton endangerment, armed robbery, and really bad singing. (laughs) So, Mr. Hardy, you home robin, hostage taken, pizza ordering, gun unloading, Christmas carolin leg shooter, you, sir, are dumber than me. Awesome. Story number two. 
or three if we keep the first one. Banana <laughs> Flasher has his day in court. 62-year-old Arthur Bertana, a former Connecticut police officer, decided eh, it'd be a good exercise in good judgment to engage himself in lewd conduct with a banana on busy streets. <laughs> oh, no. Sergeant Roger Patron Jr. said that over a span of time, there were several reports of a subject wearing extremely tight pants with an obvious bulge. <laughs> Bertana would allegedly greet passersby on busy streets while trying to draw attention to his groinal area, Patron said. Groinal. At times, he placed a bag in front of his pants, then cleverly moved it to show the bulge. <laughs> Witnesses Alrighty. who called in sightings of Bertana reported the elderly man had unzipped his pants and exposed a phallic object. Bertana fled when police arrived at the scene. Bertana was arrested after a short chase on foot and police exposed the source of the bulge. Uh, it was a yellow plush banana toy, Sergeant Patron said. It had a smiley face on it. <laughs> <laughs> What's not even a real banana? Why no. didn't the guy just take some Viagra, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just it's just, you know, what's going on over there in Connecticut, Carl? I was going to say, you know, only in America would a story like this, you know, where the guy actually get arrested. You know, if this was Europe or something, the cops would just laugh at him and then You know, to be send honest, I think in Europe this wouldn't happen, man. <laughs> I, I, I just think people over there have got a little more sense than the freaks over here. <laughs> You know? right. So anyway, that's my sense of it. But anyway, so Mr. Bertana Banana Stuffer, you tight pants wearing banana flesh and freak, <laughs> you, sir, are dumber than me. <laughs> All right. And the, you know, this last one is the thing I wanted to have a little minute for, but let me, I'll just run into it. You know, we'll just run in and see how we do here. All see right. where it goes. Yeah. Dumber sure. in Britain. Recent Department of Health injury data released by the British government revealed that Great Britain may be a perilous place, or it may hold more than its fair share of people dumber than me. New statistics <laughs> on hospital admissions revealed that two people, and this is, by the way, in, uh, between April of 2003 to 2004, and a million people in the emergency hospital rooms going in. So this is what the statistics accumulated from that have revealed. <laughs> two people were injured by centipedes. <laughs> 22 people suffered mishaps involving near strangulation from their nightwear. Oh. Six people stung by scorpions. Four, 451 stung by hornets. 24 people were eaten by rats. Well, they were bitten by rats, but that's kind of technically eaten, right? Uh, no? All right, fine. Nine people needed treatment for accidents with their beds. Like, I guess they ran into it or something. They ran into a soft mattress and went to the hospital. And finally, 22 were exposed to ignition or melting of nightwear, which is pretty damn painful, man. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. And anyway, that's that wraps up my, my people dumber than me. Very good stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. And now let's go to Karen Greenwald for Girl on Film. <laughs> Woo! Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so this... It's a, really, it's a really funny story about how you got the movie this week. We should probably tell that, huh? We probably should. So Carl's my neighbor, and so I take a little jaunt around my neighborhood to pick up a discreet package from Carl. <laughs> so I make the pickup, and I continue back you know, to my home. What and was his drugs? 
<laughs> no, this is uh, research material. No, there were no drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there were research. No, in, in fact, said film of the week was in my discreet package, which wasn't a package at all. It was a videotape in my hand as I'm walking home. And it was, I thought, around the corner comes... And I wish I had some names to back me up, but every busybody neighbor from, you know, like from, yeah. uh, like I know, Gladys the from, from Bewitched. Yes, yeah. exactly. Glad the equivalent of Gladys Harry! from Bewitched comes around the corner, and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> and she really does. She's a little Jersey, and she really, oh, what have you got?" And I, and so I told her that it was home movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch yeah, call it because it was himself. unmarked, you know. <laughs> Oh, just some home movies. Oh, man. This is so, so funny. So, Carl, you're like the distributor over there? like Just uh, to me. <laughs> no, I just happen to have this one in an old war chest, so. Uh, oh, really? This was like a an, a vintage this collection? This is old stuff, yeah. This it is. is pre- well, I know it's old, but I was saying this like, is like personally college, to you. college old. The movie for this week is Inside Seika. Typical story, boy marries girl, girl tells boy erotic tales of her past, boy ejaculates. <laughs> I like that story. (laughs) It's so succinct, too. Inside Seika actually serves as a precursor to the 1996 Academy Award-winning film Breaking the Waves. But Inside Seika is not mired down in that film's emphasis on such tired emotions as modesty and dignity, so you're free to enjoy the true art of storytelling. And... It is a beautiful love story on the level of the Duchess of Windsor and Edward, who gave up the throne because of the past of the woman he loved. But in this case, her past was actually titillating, which is an interesting twist. Um, There's an especially touching scene when our protagonist gives his love of his life a pearl necklace. So watch out for that because it was really nice. Um, it's interesting to note that Brandy from Debbie Does Dallas, you might remember, um, she also appears in this film, somewhat older and wiser, but still as linguistically talented as ever. And now we find out that she's linguistically talented in any capacity that ah, comes her way. Ah, ah. Any. Multilingual, so to Absolutely. speak. Absolutely. She's def- bilingual at any rate. I don't know about multi. <laughs> Uh, I also think that it's noteworthy that if you're someone who finds the sound effect of a slide whistle accompanying the action of ejaculation highly disturbing, consider yourself forewarned. I actually like that. I look forward to the slide whistle. Really? (laughs) I'm like, here it goes, honey. The slide whistle's coming. Now, do, do you actually do the slide whistle, Mark? Or is it like on tape? Do you just push a button or do you have the whistle with you? (laughs) All the best movies have slide whistles. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this film serves as a roadmap to the swinger scene in the 1970s for those of you who might not know what a mattress room is. Also noteworthy. Hmm. So on the surface, I want to say that this is a connection film worthy of your attention and excitement. But if you look deeper inside Seika... Between the money shots, you will see that Inside Seika is actually a metaphor for the fixed gender roles of society. Inside Seika is a conspiratorial media plot to subvert female power, I'm pretty sure. For example, there's one scene where these two women are celebrating their femininity. But in walks a man whose unexplained presence can only be a metaphor for the the dominant male paradigm that is needed for completion. And the message here is that women are incomplete without a man. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Um, And the other... 
thing that might lead us to believe this is that this is the legendary film where Ron Jeremy puts himself in with the connection film Elite by orally pleasuring himself. Oh, God. Impressive? <laughs> Impressive? Yes. But also definitely marginalizing the place of women. Who needs Seika? <laughs> And then in the one scene that doesn't involve a man where there's some kind of self-gratification going on, um, it doesn't include any man, but it does include a very strategic use of undergarments. Seika dedicates it to a man and her use of accoutrements leads us to sense the male presence is there at any rate, even, <laughs> even if not actually there. That being said... They're, they're the social and political messages in this film are undeniable. This is a film worth watching for pure entertainment. Everyone should take a look inside Seika. Wow. All right. awesome. Hey, can I get that at my local library? <laughs> it calls your librarian. Because it sounds like there's some, uh, there's some value there, historical value, you know? Great stuff. Sort of like going back in time, that little uh, 70s jaunt, but... Uh, did you get the message at the end where where they actually flash this message on the screen that Seika and her husband have been married for so many years yes. and that they're actually in real life married porn yeah. actors, actresses? They're, they're not the only ones. There's like a lot of married couples. I mean, mm. not exclusive yeah. married couples, but married couples who do it together, which I would guess would be the only way to do it. I suppose so. <laughs> but, you know, he's not particularly... The typical guy you'd find in a connection film. No. In a 70s connection film, maybe. But. No, his assets, he's very short <laughs> sighted. <laughs> very. He's a small man. He's a small man. <laughs> they have to strategically shoot the scenes with him in it. So, yeah. At any rate, <laughs> the, the fluffer has their work cut out for them. That's apparently. right. Absolutely. So, uh, speaking of going back in time, Mark, you found something to that effect on the web this week, did you not, sir? Yeah, I did. And, you know, okay, here we go, kids. Uh, it's uh, I, I actually use this in place of zip files, by the way. <laughs> Instead of compressing stuff, I just, you know, shrinksterize the, the bitmap or whatever the heck and come back <laughs> to it later. You know, it involves some copy and paste from the URL, but it's not too bad. <laughs> All right, kids, it's uh, shrinkster.com slash 4JI for Juliet Indigo. Ooh. So this is an eBay item. <laughs> it's an eBay item. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I, uh, I I stumbled upon. Uh, what the hell is this? It's a time machine. It's a time machine, wow. kids. And uh, it's if you read the description, uh, he, he's, the guy's selling what he believes to be a time machine that was built in the year 2239 by Dr. J.S. Strauss. He says he found the machine under his house when he was remodeling his bathroom. It was like hidden in an old rotten wood chest, along with some other findings that he believes to be related. He's got some old pictures in there. Uh, he's got a 1973 book of of uh, of uh, inventions, and uh, uh, and there's some crazy stuff there. The funniest the funniest stuff on this page are the questions from the buyers. So if you go down here and look at the questions, like the first one is, if I bought your time machine and got it running, then the tomorrow that I talked about yesterday would not necessarily be today. It could be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, answer no. is, I know. <laughs> 
the next the next question is, hey, I've seen the wiring diagram for one of these units. They really work. The basic idea is if you touch it while standing beside it for 24 hours. And uh, the answer is, uh, ah, so that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, you're going to travel through time. Uh, the, the the next one is, if I buy this and go back in time with it and buy it again, will I have two or will the first one disappear when I travel <laughs> back in time? And if it doesn't, and then goes on. And uh, so the, uh, the, uh, the response there is, sounds like a great plan. Good luck. <laughs> next question. Are you sure it's not an old stack heater in disguise? Oh man, you know, sorry. I'm just. I these were like much funnier when we were reading them before, but uh, I'm 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 feeling this. Totally you know what I really like flat. about this, Mark, is the Good. plaque. The plaque that's you know yeah, engraved. Yeah, on you're it. right. I I I pointed that out pretty well the first <laughs> time, and I failed to do it this time. the The plaque on this thing is amazing. It, it, there's a plaque on the front of this. It says "Time Machine, built in the year 2239 by Dr. J. S. Strauss," and then in quotes it says. To whomever uses this machine, may it be for exploration and for the good of all mankind. <laughs> so you just know they're going to do this, right? In the year 2239, there's going to be no technology that has gone beyond brass engraving. <laughs> yep. And then right after you invent this time machine, what are you going to do? You're going to put a note, hey, whoever gets this, right. good luck. <laughs> I like that the meter is from a, a Radio Shack right. uh, multimeter that I actually owned when I was like 15. Oh, great. <laughs> so you don't step into it. You just stand beside it. Right. You stand beside <laughs> it and wait. It's a, it's a really small time machine. It's you know, the kind you, you put mice in. Right. Uh, yeah. It really doesn't accelerate time at all. Well, we, do we know what happened to this guy who's the inventor? Maybe he's stuck in a different time and we have to go get him. Yeah, Karen, why don't you uh, look into that and get back to us? <laughs> look at that. The winning bid was $647.59. Somebody actually bought this thing. Yep. That's very cool. All right. <laughs> Time machine. <laughs> so have you guys seen any uh, movies in the theater lately? What's this Sin City movie that I'm came out? I'm going to see it noir? late. Late film tonight. Are you? I can't wait. I'm going to see it as soon as we're take the off kids. the air, man. <laughs> no. I'm over You're there. You're going, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks great. Well, you know, it was uh, it's it's it was uh, directed by uh, three guys: uh, um, Robert Rodriguez, uh, Frank Miller, and uh, Quentin Tarantino directed a little bit in it. Um, the thing that was cool about this thing, actually, there's a number of things that are cool about this. One of them is is that it was shot using Sony high def cams, which is uh, 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 a real cheap way to shoot. Plus, it allows them to to get that high contrast of the light and the darks and the shots that normal film just can't do. Yeah, because this film's all black and white, except that there's like color highlights here right. and there, right? Punches, like, will appear yeah. Red and blood appears red. Right. And, and, and this hair. is based on Frank Miller's comics, co comics Sin City. And for years, this guy's been getting offers from people that wanted to turn his comics into films. He said no. And Robert Rodriguez said, "Hey, come down, shoot with me for a day, hmm. and we'll see what you you know. We'll let you decide." What you think? Yeah. So he brings him down. He's got actors already there. He's got a stage. They shoot some stuff. He edits it. He does. The, he he applies effects right there in his own studio. Everything's done digitally. You can see it all immediately. And uh, uh, Frank Miller's floored, and he's like, "Okay, I'm on." 
uh, hmm. and uh, the the other interesting thing that the other interesting piece. Well, you know, Robert Rodriguez is the guy who brought us Spy Kids. So if you're like a parent, you know Spy Kids, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, if you're uh, uh, if you've seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, yeah. or uh, Desperado, Desperado, the right, right, right. Yeah. So he's done he, he's done these these films that have that are kind of that that are fairly low budget but are popular, right? The, they he, he kind of strikes a chord with people when he you know he can get that comedy in there, that funny stuff in there, and he's uh, and and he's got. Uh, pretty good uh, camera work too so uh so anyway uh he gets a you know i guess as soon as he starts production or midway through he gets a uh a, a, a message from the director's guild that says hey you know what you can't uh, uh have frank miller be a co-director on this because uh uh i think he was saying something like uh it was something effectively he was non-union or something along those lines it's against the rules basically yeah there was something against the rules about it and and uh rodriguez said okay you know what i resigned from the dga then Hmm. So Rodriguez resigned, it wow. costing him like a, you know, wow. a, a, a job on a multi, you know, hundred million dollar big budget film that he had already uh, uh, signed uh, or that he was already scheduled to do with with another. Uh, I think um, he'll be vastly rewarded, though. I think that this is going to be huge. Well, but- he's got my respect, man. And isn't that all you need in the world? Yeah, everyone's uh. <laughs> looking for that. I heard Kevin Smith in an interview today talking about Sin City <clears throat> saying that, you know, Go and see it before everybody else is like talking, talking right. about it. And you're, but he's, he, you know, he said it, it'll make you feel, it'll punch you in the face like Pulp Fiction did when it he's came He's a writer, out. right? He's guy Kevin who- Smith is, you know, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back yeah. and Chasing Amy and Clerks and all that. So, and he's also Dogma. a comic book guy. Right. Plus, so, there's, you know, he's in a, yeah, Kevin Smith's another comic book by this. There's a whole comic right. theme to this thing. He Plus, also, the other benefit is there's nudity in the film. And a lot my of guess it. is it's not ugly people. Okay. Yeah. No, all the. Uh, I was just there was a piece in the in the paper up here today talking. Jessica Alba was talking about trying. She was trying to decide if she should have done her part naked or not, and unfortunately made the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read you a, know, I totally. I this is a conversation I'd like to be in with a starlet. You know. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, maybe. Yeah, let's discuss that one more time. Oh, hold on, my wife's coming. Just a second. Hi, honey. What's up? Smack! <laughs> I heard what? on M- I heard on NPR. Were you, you were listening to the NPR thing? I uh, listened to NPR and I also heard it on the internet. There was so, a little, uh, not on the internet. Yeah, he he media. also said that people forget that this this story is fantasy. You know, it's not real. I'm not, he says he's not a realist, and Hollywood tends to uh, you know make everything reality based. They bring all the fantasy stuff into reality, and so so this is a, a film, classic film noir stuff. Done, you know, in a familiar setting, but it's, you know, just because he doesn't have spaceships in the movie doesn't mean it's not a fantasy. So, right, right. So you got to remember. That's that old Robin Williams line. Right? Yeah. Way back. You remember the movie, uh, <laughs> The Te- Last Temptation of Christ? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember this. And there was a huge flap about that movie when it came out. People were marching around. There were signs up. Robin Williams was talking about this movie. You know, people running around was yelling, This movie's not real. And he'd say, Hey, Sparky, come here. No movie's real. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's a movie. Sparky. Right. Well, what about the the second to the last Temptation of Christ? That movie was real, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> After the temptation came the passion. Well, now let's hear from Richard Campbell out there in Vancouver. Living Richard, the toy boy. Let's hear about them toys. You got some toys for us, man? Oh, I got some toys. I got a full spread of toys. I can't it's wait. It's been a good toy day. It's been a weird toy day. But the best kind of toy days of them all are the days where I get to buy 
new toy. Yeah. So if I'm going to lead off, I got to lead off with the toy I got today. And of course, I've shrinksterized it. It is at 4J8. Brand new today? I don't know what it is I have about video cards. Video cards are important to me somehow. But as I'm rebuilding this new machine, I decided I had to have... Oh, my God. Insane video cards. So this is the Asus Extreme N800 Ultra 2DT, which is basically the fastest NVIDIA card made. And if that's not enough for you, I bought two. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So This is the new Spiffy Technology SLI, which allows you to run two video cards simultaneously onto the same screen so that each frame of the screen is painted by a different card back and forth. And this this makes the the fonts and notepad really extra sharp, right? (laughs) Really sharp fonts and notepad. Crisp. (laughs) Totally crystal clear. So okay. you notice the size of the bloody thing. It's actually a double wide slot worth of video card. It's massive. So and the you're fan using on it is four. Titanic. So exactly. It has separate coolers just for the uh, the power controllers. Tell me what a video card is. Well, a video card is the piece inside the computer that makes the display work. So we get different video cards to be able to handle higher resolution monitors, or uh, in my particular case, also to heat rooms. Eh. Well, actually, this is for video games. So, in fact, this particular card, it says on in the website, the hottest 3D game bundled. Well, the hottest 3D game apparently is Doom 3. Ah. And of course, Richard. since I bought two video cards, I now have two copies of Doom 3 to go with the copy I already Rich, own. Richard, do you have to have two AGP slots for this thing to work? Well, it's a very good question there, Carl. In fact, if you have only AGB slots, this card will not work for you at all, for it is not an AGP video card. Uh-huh. It is a PCI Express video card. Really? Yeah, if you have two AGP slots in your computer, you probably want to get that checked out, because that's yeah. not AGP normal. only works single bus. You can't have two AGP slots. Okay. So uh, you need a particular video card. And, of course, Asus makes the uh, the motherboard for this as well, which is an SLI motherboard uh, with an Athlon chip on it. And I have one of those as well. So I figured I might as well buy the accompanying video cards. And because I don't like the noise of high-speed fans, if you go to shrinkster.com slash 4JH, you'll see the thing I bought alongside these lovely video cards and also ah, yes. have into my hot little hands at oh, the moment geez. from those wonderful German freaks at Innovatech. <laughs> it's a water-cooling jacket specifically for this video card. Oh, wow. sweet. Wow. Isn't that nice? Yeah, you know, because I, whenever I see fans, I'm just thinking, oh, God, come on. More noise. Put so some water through that's that. That's what I'm doing this weekend is I'm yanking the fans off of those video cards, bolting these cooling blocks on, and I'm breaking another water loop and putting new cooling in. So, dude, do you get stressed out when you, like, you know, stick a card in and it sucks up two slots? Well, no, because that's all these slots are there for. There's nothing else for it to do, right? Okay. That's so awesome. Can you use them simultaneously, or is it a one-at-a-time kind of That's thing? That's the point. No, they, they actually work simultaneously. <laughs> That's the scary thing about this. I have two video cards, but only one monitor attached to it. Now, admittedly, that monitor is a 24-inch Samsung LCD panel, but it's only one monitor. Hmm. Well, here's a question for you, Richard. All right, buddy. Hit me. Well, these these video cards, you know, all this SLI and dual video cards thing aside, these video cards let you drive multiple monitors off of a yes, single card. So what happens when you have these two cards in SLI mode? Can you drive two monitors or can you only drive one or can you drive four? You know, what's the story? In, SL, in SLI mode, I can only drive one monitor. Wow. But if I turn off SLI mode and I run a different set of drivers, I could run up to four monitors with the same set of cards. Dude, I'd return them, man. That sucks if you can only run one monitor in SLI. <laughs> 
Hey, did you notice on this innovative web shop, this uh, these uh, these German these German guys you know in the upper right corner, this logo? It says "Gods of Coolness." Wondering, yeah. Matt. They got a picture of like what looks like Jesus, and he's got yes. his hands up, you know, to his people saying, "Hey, hey Jesus thank you very was much. a water cooler, baby." Yeah. Like, What's the swirly thing album. over his head? The swirly thing over his head looks like a Debian logo, or an IUD. <laughs> And that's, that's where we differ, like that. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I see a Linux history. You yeah, see the entry. Everybody knows device. what an IUD is. That's Karen, I think you're confusing an IUD with like a coat hanger or something. That's not <laughs> oh, an IUD, okay? That's hey. a curled up. Well, you know, if you don't use one right, you need the other. Why? Yikes. Here's the line. Oh, <laughs> God, that's horrible, man. Uh, that even makes Monday's listeners wince. Dude, 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 dude. No, no. Ooh. I was talking. Should I, I was, just. Moving look, right along. Look, I'm sorry. You know, my mom. My mom. You know, I'm just. I had this flashback when we said coat hangers. My mom was a bit <laughs> psycho. She was. She was evil, but kind of dumb. Like she used to beat me with coat hangers, but they were the soft, pillowy, scented kind. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't very smart about that. Wait, so. was this while you were still in the womb or not? <laughs> That's what I got to know. So anyway, here's the therapy, man. That's my. That's why you smell like a girl. <laughs> And now your children are on the same path, aren't I think, they? Karen? I think my epithet, oh, you know, my on my head's two, headstone is going to be, you know, years of therapy, and it still ended in this, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still fucking dead. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Richard. You were doing a segment. No, I wasn't doing a segment. I'm just hijacking <laughs> your segment, man. Go ahead. All right, I'll give you something to be frightened of. Shrinkshow.com/slash/4jb. Richarddetter.net. Richard Etter, I don't know who you are. You just scare me. What is this? All right. It's bad enough that we have geeks running around with Wi-Fi sensors. He wants to build them into your clothing. Oh, sure. Ooh, that's a good idea. So this (laughs) is the concept of a wear fashion, that you have clothing that will tell you whether there's a Wi-Fi area connection nearby. Oh, good Lord. If there's anybody in your proximity and so on. So. What is it? Does it, it looks like it's bulging when there's a Wi-Fi thing nearby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you looking at these pictures? Uh, I no, don't. It's all underst- the wiring under his clothing. If you scroll down, you see the size of the thing he's got strapped to his arm. That's just ridiculous. What? See, you know, I want to make one of these and put it in your crotch, man. So, like, you know, somebody say, you know, are you happy to see me, or is there a Wi-Fi connection nearby? <laughs> well, yeah, it turns out there I'm is really a Wi-Fi happy to connection. see you, but I'm getting a call right now. <laughs> You could have other probes, like something like get you in the ass. Like if you're like close to really good signal, you'd be like, ah. Like, what's the oh, benefit of this? If you're a- you know, I really gotta gotta quit with this wear a wear wear stuff, man. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to imagine a guy walking along. We sit, you know, we're sitting there, and his shirt sleeve is blinking because you're surfing the net. Good lord. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna let that one go. Just wanted to show you. There's still bad toys out there. It's continuing. You know, Richard, I kind of like the idea of one, you know, one of these like inflatable rafts that just explodes when you're near Wi-Fi. I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll sell a lot, but I just like the idea of the guy ballooning up. You know, <laughs> okay, Wi-Fi. Like, we'll <laughs> gives me all the more incentive to turn on my access point. Kind of like an this. airbag going off. <laughs> all right, sorry, all right. Go I'm going to skip Shrinkster because this is such a simple link. Everybody needs to look at www.fox. Blocker.com. Fox Blocker. Oh, no. Foxblocker.com. <laughs> what is it? It's a filter. You screw into your cable line to block 
Fox's network. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> Is that something? Dying box? <laughs> Tell them to shut the fox up. That's what it says. Wow. Oh, I love it. It's great. But you can't watch That's The really Simpsons. That's really cool. Ugh. So for those of us outside of North America, maybe we need to explain, well, you know, being a Canadian, I can't explain Fox. Maybe somebody else could take the lead on this. What can I say about Fox? I'm going to take the fifth. They're fair and balanced, man. They're fair and balanced if you're Rush Limbaugh, man. Yeah, so but- they're, they're, they're a little bit right wing. Little they're right wing, little- man. Even even their left wing, you know, co anchors are on there, and they're and they're they're like, you know, they're like, I disagree a little bit, you know. <laughs> they're totally, they're totally like, and then they end up making points. I saw what did I see? I saw some crazy thing. Oh yeah, they were like, uh, now we're going to do independent anal- analysis on John Kerry's tax plan, and s- some guy comes up and he managed to find a, a, a you know a small sliver of tax bracket where if you made a little more money you'd get charged a little more tax or you get charged less taxes or something like that than if you made a little less or some some crazy little bit and he was going off on a rant on this little thing and just about every single tax structure in the world has got some little range like this and he just happened to find it and the guy was 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 putting it forth as news it was unbelievable to me wow that's pretty good richard yeah well, got to go to my usual genre. Oh, the no. Japanese have two winners for me today. Neither one of them is a tempura USB key. Thank God. I thought you were done uh, with that shit. I'm never doing tem- I'm never doing USB keys ever again. Yeah, but you this know, Richard, just e- about every show, you know, afterwards we talk and you're like, I'm never doing another Japanese toy again. <laughs> no, I'm no, never going to do it. No you get sucked back into Japanese it, man. Food you're sucked USB into it. Keys. You're addicted. You need the toys. <laughs> you need the Japanese toy. You admit it now. <laughs> I love them. All right, where, All right, are, you? where are we going? It's, it's the first step towards a recovery there, Richard. For JC. For JC. Oh, wow. Wow. Intelligent toilets according to Toto. You know what? This is the thing. The Japanese take toilets way more seriously than anybody else in the world. I mean, across the Yellow Sea from Japan, most of the Chinese are still shitting in a hole. <laughs> and these guys have <laughs> USB connectors on their toilets. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. There's a different league here. There's yeah. a whole new space going on. This is the sensory toilet. Wow. It's unbelievable. It looks like it's probing your poo to like check, you know, how you know whether you should be changing your diet. Just Amazing well, okay. tales. There's a glucose monitor built in uh, into the water system, which is actually evaluating your urine if you're that concerned. So, I mean, it's basically it's a way, ability to detect diabetes early, and I don't know why they would have this in Japan. No, right? yeah. This needs to be in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they also have a special add-on that's a stink meter that will tell you how stinky your poo is. Like on now, an average scale, so you can tell if your poo is stinkier than Now you others. made that up, all right? Come on. Yeah, you're, you're making that up. Oh, maybe that's I'm not ridiculous. reading this very clearly. <laughs> well, oh, it's yeah. in Japanese after all. Isn't that Notice it's a, it has a very tiny and cute USB 2 hub. Very nice. It does... Rich is not now, talking I mean, about the those The thing anymore. is, of course, they're cheating. The only thing that's on the toilet is the glucose meter. The rest of it is all Add-ons. a scale and a, and a blood pressure cuff. Yeah. yeah. So there's a blood pressure cuff to give you your blood pressure. And then there's a, uh, a scale that'll give you your weight and your fat percentage, provided you stand on it in bare feet. So, like, would you be, like, you know, wearing the blood pressure monitor while you were, like, you know, it, you know extruding matter? And, you know, just checking to see if your blood pressure got too high. In a perfect saying, okay, world, yes. Back a bit. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that distort the readings a little? Well, well I, I, uh, I'm wondering, like, is there a reason, you know, because <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall something about, like, people dying on <laughs> toilets. No. Like, this is oh, not. not. That's not. 
Well, and if you look at the picture, you notice the meter is right beside the toilet roll. So I presume you're expected to be seated next. while this is taking place. And that would suck if you had that on. You're trying to wipe and you can't reach because the right, blood next. pressure cord is holding your... You're like... Ah, ah, can't next. Wipe. What do I do? Uh God well, damn. yeah, the alternative Japanese toy, because I was really yeah. stuck between these two, <laughs> they're both hideous, was shrinkster.com 4JD. It, you know, I'm sorry, Richard, before you leave this page, if you look down underneath the picture of the toy, the one on the left, there's some stick probe thing in that thing. Do you see it? Oh, see oh. that picture on the left? Oh, oh, in the toilet? Yeah, it looks like there's some kind of ass probe in there, man. <laughs> uh, that would be the... Um, <clears throat> The bidet part of the toilet. This is a Japanese toilet, after all. All right. All right. So, Hello Kitty Crystal Xbox console. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hello Kitty's all over this. Hello Kitty have got a hold of an Xbox. Take a look. It's an Xbox, and it has Hello Kitty all over it. That's insane. Didn't you have a Hello Kitty PDA last week or something like a Hello Kitty? Hello Kitty uh, iPod iPod. iPod. a couple of weeks ago. Right. So, yes, Hello Kitty is everywhere. Hello Kitty rocks including the here. tech world. She's crazy. The Japanese are nuts. Yeah, they are. Shrinkster.com slash 4JE. Because I did have to slip a couple of sane toys in his whole question. I think this thing's really cool. The company's called UrbanPeel.com. Oh, cool. And they just have weird, funky stuff. Cool. And this clock blows my mind. Have you ever seen those those boards you get with the pins on it and you can press your hand into it and it leaves an imprint of your hand on the other side? It leaves an imprint of anything. Exactly. An imprint of anything, face or any other body parts you care to ram into a bunch of pins. (laughs) That's right. This is a clock based on the same concept. That's very cool. I want it. So they took 3,000 pins, too. and it will display the time while having the pins poke out. That's wow. great. Isn't that neat? Wow. Kind of hard to read in the dark. I guess you could feel for it. It's only 90 bucks, too. I mean, A mere $90. What a steal. Mm, pin clock. I don't think all 3,000 pins are moving. Not at the same time. No, I don't think they're... I think they got a bunch of fixed pins in there. I think that's... I mean, if they all moved, I'd be impressed, man. Especially if they moved all at the same time. No, right? that, that's only if the screensaver is turned on. Yeah, you yeah. gotta uncheck emboss, and then you it know, will work. <laughs> you know, Richard, what I need is like a you know a twenty three inch version of this thing. So like when I go blind, I can still program. I can just you know reach up to the screen. You want, <laughs> you want a ten twenty four by seven sixty eight screen that's made what out I want. of pins? Yeah, exactly. So what is that like? I need a million pins. So they need to Something pump like up that. their pin technology. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was a blind programmer. He's quite good at it. Really. So yeah. how does he? What, what what is the device that he uses to read the code and to, and to navigate through it? Is he was now, he totally of blind? This is back in the green screen era, oh, and okay. what he had was an an a, a green monitor set at an angle into the desk, and then he had a braille reader that he wiped across the screen. So he had a series of tracks on the monitor, and he just wiped the thing across, and he'd read it with his other hand. I see. So he couldn't he couldn't type while he read the screen. He'd wipe across the screen repeatedly, and with the other hand, be reading the braille, and then he'd move his hands down to the keyboard and type. That's a cool clock, Richard. I love it's it. Beautiful, man. isn't it? Yeah, no, it's really great. Really yeah, fun. I'm tempted. Yeah. Well, I got two more toys to go. One is just kind of weird, and one is, well, a flashback. All right. So let's go to shrinkster.com for JF. DB Sumo. DB Sumo. Manufacturing 
the headlights for your skateboard. <laughs> sweet. This is so fucking sweet. I wanna, I'm going back to skateboarding now. Wow. There you go. Now you can skateboard at night. This is what I've been waiting for. This is awesome. So this, the light mounts uh, a, a, at the turnbuckle mount yeah. on the front of your skateboard. So you put your, uh, your truck right into it onto the board. They run on replaceable batteries. It's three LEDs, white LEDs, and uh, there you go. You got headlights for your skateboard. It's a good idea. I don't know where you can go with this. It's just a simple thing. Somebody had to invent it. Don't know why. Can it's I tell a skateboard a story? Absolutely. Okay. I was uh, a kid. My dad got me a skateboard for Christmas. We're, uh, we're out uh, uh, outside the uh, the house, and there's a kind of a semi-steep hill. And I'm only going up the hill like about like 10 feet or, you know, 8 feet or 5 feet. You know, because I'm very, very, it's very tentative. This is also one of the first skateboards, so the trucks were real loose on it. If you know what, if you're a skateboarder, you know basically that the problem with loose trucks is that if you start to lean one way, you will, you'll, you can, you can overreact the other way and you kind of get a wobble going. At any rate, I'm, uh, my dad comes out, he sees that I'm being a total pussy about trying out the skateboard and he says, go up to the top of the hill. I go, I'm not going to go up the top of the hill. I'm still trying to, I'm, you know, just getting in you know, the hang of this thing. He says, give me that thing. So this is my dad, you know, last words are, give me that thing. He goes up like almost to the top of the hill. He starts skating down, going down the hill. And I'm actually quite impressed because this is my dad. And he's, you know, skateboard's just invented. He's, he's making it down. He, the, the wobble starts up. And then I notice about like uh, 12 feet in front of him, there's a little rock right in his path, just a little one. And I'm, my eyes are on it. And, and at the same time, my peripheral vision is triangulating his course with that rock. And uh, sure enough, the wheel hits the rock. The skateboard stops. He goes flying. Oh, he's man. now passing in front of me. Uh, he's he's horizontal, <laughs> arms are at his side, kind of like Superman, but flying sideways. And he's looking at me, and I, as he's going by, right. And I'm thinking, my dad can fly. Boom! <laughs> hits his shoulder, dislocates it. Oh, <laughs> it's his right shoulder that he lands on, ah. and dislocates it. And uh, 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 you know, and you know, of course, at the time I was thinking, uh, I told you so. You know, I'm thinking, you know, all these. What, what's the best thing to say at a moment like this, right? Dad's <clears> in pain, <throat> dislocated shoulder. You know, this is a delicious <laughs> moment for me. What should I say? So, so anyway, I didn't say anything because I, you know, I just decided, well, I felt. The, Where was the, there to go with that? Well, I just felt the silence was more humiliating, you know, <laughs> to just let that go on. But, but I had to shift. The, we had to drive him to the hospital and I had to shift the car because it was his right. He couldn't move his right arm. So oh, that yeah. was a Matrix moment right there. You know, right. where you it totally said. Was. Absolutely. That was, it a, was bullet just, time at the Miller town. It totally was, man. Awesome. I got one last toy for you, and it's a flashback toy. You may recall we were talking about the solar death ray. Right. Well, apparently the French got real serious about it at one point, and uh, the website is at shrinkster.com slash 4JG. I don't get it to go to the Ooh. French websites very often, and I don't know why this thing exists. Oh, this is so it's funny. from 1949. Yeah, there, it is wasn't a giant there, solar death ray. Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know a lot about this stuff. But during the Cold War, wasn't there a massive solar death ray race to see who could come up with the first solar death ray? <laughs> That's not right. I get that wrong. Nope. Okay, I there skipped are a history. Couple of so. interesting stories along those lines that I could tell. This thing is unbelievable, man. Isn't that hilarious? It is absolutely massive. That's wild. 141 square meters. And the purpose it's of this huge. is to fry things? It hit 3,500 degrees Celsius at the center. You can melt steel with that. Wow. You know, Richard, I remember reading in Greek mythology about a particular war. I think it was like the Trojan War, but there was a phase in it where uh, I guess all the Trojans lined up on the beach 
and with giant mirrors and were burning boats by focusing the mirrors on the boats as they were coming in. Yeah, that, that was the theory. They were using wow. uh, shields, bronze shields. Okay. It's probably a myth because it's not an easy thing to do, but... But the alignment has to be so precise. No, I don't think it has to be precise because everybody's just got to say, hey, focus yours on this guy. And you get like, you know, a hundred or, you know, a thousand of them out there. And it's surprisingly freaking hot. That's awesome. And it, it is that guy standing in the middle of that death ray in the picture. Is he like the test subject? Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure it worked. We don't know where he is anymore. He's like, turn it off, turn <laughs> it off. And they're all like, uh, we didn't build in um, an off switch on this thing. Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Very good, Richard. And uh, to take us out this week, Mark Miller is going to lay on us some names he's been called this week. Wanker. (laughs) Sausage smoker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lucy-brained frozen guy. (laughs) Finally, wait for it. Wait for it. Butt floss snapper. What? Butt floss kidnapper? Snapper. No, butt floss snapper. Oh. All right, well, thanks everybody. Karen Greenwald, Mark Miller, Richard Campbell, Jeff Maciel, and myself saying, have a good week. Love each other for, for Christ's sake. Get a room. Have a good week. <laughs>